Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've talked before about red light cameras and speed cameras. And red light cameras in particular uh, have always bugged me because we've heard stories about how they set them up in different places. And they can be triggered, for instance, by somebody making a right turn on red that's illegal. Or they can be triggered by somebody who simply stops and, and creeps over like whatever the triggering spot is, but doesn't go through the red light. And we've heard stories about things like this, and I know that they're dialing that in and getting the technology better. But one of the questions that had occurred to me in the past is what happens when an ambulance or a fire truck goes through the intersection and triggers the red light camera? Now, you might think to yourself, well, obviously, if it's an ambulance or a fire truck, they wouldn't send that ticket, right? (laughs) Of course they'd send the ticket because they want the money. Now, if the people in charge of the ambulance or the fire trucks uh, were to complain about that and say, hey, look, yeah, of course we ran a red light. We were going to the hospital with our lights and sirens on trying to save somebody's life. You'd think that would be a good excuse, right? Well, somehow it worked out in Chicago where paramedics and EMTs were forced to pay the camera tickets when they were behind the wheel while on company time, while driving the ambulances, and it was their bosses who said, just pay the tickets, instead of their bosses going, oh, we'll fight these tickets for obvious good reasons. And so this one blows my mind because there's several levels of incompetence going on here. Like I said, I would think that somebody would look at the ticket and go, oh, this is obviously an emergency vehicle. I would have thought that would be the end of it. But apparently they get sent, and then the management of the ambulance company goes, well, you're behind the wheel, you pay it. No, 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 no. (laughs) You make the courtesy call and go, guys, we're an ambulance company. You can't send us tickets for going through red lights with their lights on. And if they say they can, then you hire an attorney and you fight it that way. But, But you don't make the drivers of the vehicles pay these. Otherwise, when they get called to an emergency, they've got to stop at every red light. And the fire trucks would, too. So this would be a problem. WTTW published this. Nick Blumberg wrote it. Ed sent it. Thanks a lot, my friend. Paramedics and EMTs working for the large private firm Elite Ambulance say the company illegally du- deducted the cost of red light and speed camera tickets incurred on the job from their paychecks. So no, there's no question about it here. It's just we'll take the money from your pay. Now, it's a class action wage theft lawsuit filed Wednesday in Cook County Court. Plaintiffs say instead of contesting the tickets, which were incurred during emergency calls while running with lights and sirens, the company charged the cost of the moving violations against the pay without their consent. (laughs) It's not funny, but it's just, I don't know what else. These are paramedics, EMTs. They're people who are engaging in life-saving work, says their attorney. We know that ambulances need to sometimes move a little faster than the rate of traffic, so it's not something that should come as a surprise. It seems as though the company just didn't want to be bothered to appeal the tickets, or they just didn't want to pay for them themselves. Hey, what about the police officers who go through red lights? I've seen that with my own eyes in real life, but I've seen it on YouTube also. I told you I like to watch police chase videos. And when the person they're chasing goes through a red light, the cops don't stop. The cops blow through the light also. I've seen police slow a tiny little bit to make sure nobody's coming and then just blast through a red light. Now, if they went through a red light with a red light camera, would they get a ticket for that? Would they have to pay it? 
have it taken out of their pay? I suspect they wouldn't. The two EMTs who are named plaintiffs in the suit say they were told they had to agree to the deduction after the fact, and they said they refused. The third plaintiff is a paramedic who says he was not even notified at all. They just simply deducted it. Representatives of the ambulance company did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the lawsuit. One of the plaintiffs said, the first thing in my mind is taking care of the patient in an emergency. The last thing on my mind is whether or not we're going through a red light with our lights and sirens on or what it's going to cost me as far as my pay. Uh, He said when he was younger and new at the company, he was upset about the deductions but didn't push back. In the years since, he says he's talked to many other employees who told him the practice goes back for years. And he also said he thinks that the ambulance company is increasing the pace, meaning that maybe they didn't do this all the time, but maybe now they are. He said, over the past six months, I've seen a huge increase in these deduction waivers being forced onto employees who they believe are the probable drivers of the vehicle. And meanwhile, it turns out they might not even have the correct drivers. It became really aggravating for me and a few other paramedics who, as we've gotten older, have realized that this is just not a fair practice. The plaintiffs say the tickets they got on the job were for $100 each. Now, $100 might be uh, not a lot of money to the average person, but it's still significant depending on how much money you make. Relatively small amounts like these are going to be one of the things that can make the cases of wage theft difficult to pursue. Unscrupulous employers rely on the idea that people aren't going to be willing to go to court to recover just 100 bucks or 200 bucks. That's why the class action is so important, because not only does it make sure that everybody gets made whole in this case, but also that there are penalties. I can tell you, because some people are going to say, Steve, we know about class actions. The attorneys are going to make $16 million, and each plaintiff's going to get a coupon for half off of a Big Mac or something pointless. Well, believe it or not, in a class action like this, where the class is smaller and the amount of money in question is easily calculable, there's a good chance that they can actually make these people whole. And um, I'll tell you about a class action I had in just a second. A judge will need to certify the lawsuit as a class. The website for the company says it has 2,000 employees and 175 ambulances working in the Chicago area and northwest Indiana, meaning the class size and dollar amount could be significant. The paramedics and the EMTs that the uh, lawyer came to represent began discussing alleged wage theft during an organizing drive. Last month, workers at Elite filed for a union election with the NLRB. So one of the paramedics said they've had workplace problems like management not properly stocking company vehicles with necessary equipment or medication. He also says low pay means many first responders are struggling to make ends meet. The current average pay in the field is already so low, and without unionization, emergency health workers are never going to be able to make the money they deserve. A lot of workers are forced to work 75 hours a week, sometimes 40 hours of overtime, and that's just to be able to afford having an apartment in Chicago. They say whether it's through unionization or legal action, employees coming together at a workplace helps people exercise their rights. So <clears throat> I mentioned not long ago <laughs> that I had a class action lawsuit that I was reminded of in this case. And there was a situation eh, 15, 20 years ago where a car dealership in Michigan advertised a very, very good deal and said that if you came into the dealership during one particular week and brought $100 with you and put $100 down, 
They were going to let you lease a particular type of car from them for 12 months for $100 a month. So all it was going to take was you to put $100 down to lock up the deal. They'd order you the car. When the car came in, you'd lease it for 12 months for $1,200. At the end of the lease, you'd turn it back in again. Now, it was a low-mileage lease, but that's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. So a guy calls my office, goes, Steve, I, I, I did this deal, put the money down, and I've been calling them, and they keep telling me, well, your car's not in, your car's not in, your car's not in. He goes, I don't think it's a real deal. I think, I think they're pulling some kind of scam. So I actually wound up encountering several people who had that exact same issue at that dealership. And I filed a class action lawsuit on that. And the exact same day, another attorney filed a class action lawsuit in a different court. And when I did that, he actually called me and said, hey, Steve, I found out that you just filed an identical case to the one I just filed. And I said, oh, really? And he goes, I've got these clients. You've got these clients. Obviously, Somewhere down the road is going to get joined up as one class. Let's just work together and, and, and do what we can. So we worked together on that case. And when the case was over, the settlement that we got for our clients was that anybody who was promised that deal got that deal. So in the, in, in, now, I suppose that might be the unicorn of class action settlements <laughs> because my attorney fees got paid and the other attorney's Fees got paid also. And the guy who came into my office who said that he had this deal he wanted got that deal. Other members of the class got the deal also. And it was a convoluted case how we got it done. And it turns out that it wasn't just something that the dealership had screwed up. The dealership had been told they could do that deal by a finance company. And the finance company wound up getting involved in the litigation also. So that's how we managed to make that work. But I forgot the exact number of plaintiffs in that case. But it wasn't like tens of thousands. But it was a smaller number, but it's easy enough to figure out. Because it's like, okay, you started the deal here, you ended the deal here. How many deals did you sign? Okay, the settlement is that these people all get that deal. And you pay these two attorneys their fees. That's what happens. So whenever people respond by saying, Steve, class actions are a scam. Nobody ever gets anything from them. I have to say, I've had a couple where people got what they bargained for. A couple. Now, I know you're going to say, Steve, there's new class actions being filed every single day about the craziest things that you wouldn't believe. You and I both know there's a scam. Well, I agree that quite often we hear about those cases, like I said, where you get nothing if you're a class member except for a coupon for half off a placemat at Big Boy. But the attorneys made $16 million each, okay? I, I understand that happens, okay? I'm just letting you know that when the class actions that I handled were being settled, and I've actually worked on more than one, I've actually managed on more than one occasion to get the class members what they bargained for. But I also had a smaller class, a discrete class that was within the state of Michigan, not a national class involving anybody who may have walked through a particular store in a five-year period. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you remember. Uh, I got a couple bucks from the class action regarding CD price fixing. So you bought any music CDs in like a 10-year period. Turns out the prices had been manipulated by bad actors who got sued who agreed to pay every single person who bought a CD a couple bucks. So I remember hearing about that and go, did you buy a CD during this 10-year period? 
Uh, yes. And submitting something and then getting a thing back a few years later for a couple bucks. You know, so I, I, I understand both ends of that spectrum. But this one is crazy to me because if I owned an ambulance company and my drivers got tickets for going through red lights, I would contact whoever's in charge of the red light cameras and say, guys, we have a problem. Because you and I both know we don't want the ambulances stopping at the red lights, waiting for the light to change. So either you stop with these tickets or we start stopping at stoplights. What do you want? And I say, no, of course, of course. So that would need to get fixed at further upstream. That is, whoever sees the ticket for the first time goes, oh, it's an ambulance, and throws it away. That's what should happen. So, Ed, thanks for sending it. Paramedics and EMTs claim Chicago Area Ambulance Company illegally forced them to pay for red light speed camera tickets from WTTW and Nick Blumberg. But the real issue here is, instead of making them pay, why don't you just go and make the one or two phone calls to make it stop entirely? That it actually be easier. Be easier. That's, that's what blows my mind. So questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. When all else fails, read the instructions.